Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. My name is Lee Pinkham, and I created this podcast roughly two years ago in hopes that I could help spread genuine, valuable information to help others become a healthier and happier version of themselves. I know starting a podcast is pretty typical of the 20-something-year-old nowadays, but hey, I don't really care at all. And I've realized that when I was getting into fitness in my late teens that I was misled by many articles on the internet and people who were absolutely positive that they were correct on how to get stronger or eat healthier or whatever it was. And through a lot of trial and error, I figured out what worked best for myself. And then, as an eager and young personal trainer coming hot out of college, I was so ready to help others by utilizing those same protocols and strategies that work for me, all my clients. But very quickly, I realized that this whole health and fitness thing, it does not work like that. To truly conquer your health and fitness journey, you have to find what works best for you. Hence the name of this podcast, the Find You Fitness Podcast. And that's what we're all about here. And I know that there are a ton of health and fitness podcasts out there. And I know my audience isn't always the largest, but I do know I'm coming from a genuine place with giving advice, that I'm not going to lead you astray. And that is very fulfilling to me because I absolutely love helping people develop and maintain a new and a healthy perspective on health and fitness. So if today's episode does resonate with you or just the podcast in general, Maybe help me and spread the word to some friends and families. Uh, send them my way via the podcast. Shoot them this episode. Shoot them my uh, Instagram username, whatever it is. And if they have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Nor you, the listener, do not hesitate to ask. This is all a lot to take in without a doubt. But that's also why I do this podcast, to try to break it down for you. So, We've got a really cool topic today. We're kind of going back on the nutrition train uh, for one more week. And I think this is a very highly debated topic within the industry. So I'm excited to talk about it and maybe offer some new perspectives or just, you know, sort of the way I look at it. And then obviously letting you determine what you think is going to be best for you um, afterwards. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right. So if you know me, and you know what event just concluded this past Sunday, you know I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about it. And uh, that was the CrossFit Games. It was absolutely amazing to watch. I I noticed on my YouTube, so this is kind of random, but I deleted YouTube off of my phone a long time ago uh, when I kind of went on a social media binge. And I recently just re-downloaded it to my phone. And it tells you how often you're like watching or using the app. And I realized that for YouTube, it said like over the past week, I have used it like 30 some hours. Now, granted, I'm not always like watching it like that, but I did have the games on nonstop as much as they were on from the master's divisions to the adaptive divisions and obviously uh, the teams and the individuals. And it was absolutely amazing i it's it's solidified my love for crossfit uh we have uh, a new fittest man on earth named justin Maderos. he's got the mullet maybe that's something i'm gonna have in my near future just because you know i got my hair is a little bit longer and and uh mullet man just won the games and he's an awesome dude 
Uh, and Tia Toomey won again for the girls. Mayhem with Rich Froning won again for the guys. Uh, but there was just some really amazing, you know, stories within the games. Uh, Annie Thor's daughter, who competed in the 2009 CrossFit Games, uh, obviously that's 12 years ago, and she, com- I mean, she is still very uh, competitive. And this year she came in third. Uh, you know, she is the type of athlete that people expect to make to the games. Uh, they expect her to do relatively well, but they did not expect her to come in third. And so in the last event, when she solidified third place, it was like really amazing just to watch her. And of course the snatch event too, because she snatched 200 pounds and she, as she was standing up, her eyes were just like wide open. And she was like, did I just do this? And it was, it was so amazing. I almost teared up a little bit, not even going to lie. Just watching her know that she locked in third place. I, I often... You know, try not to ramble on too much about this because I could, but I'm not going to try not to. But uh, I often like talk about the evolution of CrossFit uh, from over the years, and she's a prime example. In 2009, I, I think that's the year, she snatched 115 pounds in like the max snatch event at the games, and it was a horrendous snatch. It was terrible. And she also got like her first ring muscle up that year. And just with the evolution of the sport, the standard has risen so much. Like, her hitting 115 pounds on that snatch, I don't know how that placed in the games at the time. I would imagine it was relatively high for a girl. But nowadays, that's like a... You could see that as a working weight for the actual Metcons in CrossFit at the games or even at, like, local gyms. Uh, it's just like that's that's normal now. The standard is has risen so much. And the same thing with the ring muscle-ups. Like, she hit her first one in the 2009 games. And, you know, event two this year, there was 48 muscle-ups in that event alone for the girls, too. So, it's like, if you want to be this good, if you want to be that good, you you have to have muscle-ups down a long time ago. So, it's, it's just cool to watch the evolution of the sport. And it's so amazing. If you get bored, go watch it. Uh, you can re-watch them all on YouTube, Facebook. It's, it's just it's an amazing event and then obviously the masters and the adaptive divisions you've got like 65 year olds looking absolutely yoked and doing amazing things with their bodies and the same thing with the adaptive athletes i know logan aldridge aldridge he uh deadlifted 502 pounds he's got one arm by the way uh it's really cool to watch that it's just so amazing to see what the human body is capable of um so but today Today, I wanted to hone in on some more nutrition talk, and I received uh, some good feedback from last week's episode, and today's topic is, is, is along those same lines. You know, n- nutrition is such a tricky subject. People often, they'll come up to me and ask me for nutritional advice, and honestly, which direction I go with, with my response, is usually the, determined by how serious I think they are. And either way, the answer seems to be like one of two things. One is going to be centered around like subbing out one meal of the day that you normally eat for a healthier meal. And I know I've told this story on the podcast before, but this is what really got me going in the right direction with my nutrition years ago. So that's obviously why I tend to recommend it. I chose breakfast as that meal to replace. And to be honest, I wasn't even eating a meal to replace uh, but I chose breakfast because I, I just had this feeling I, if, if I could start my day off on the right foot, 
I would be more inclined to continue that positive trend for the rest of the day. And to this day, my morning ritual is the same. Uh, th throwing it back to my Pinkham PT days, if you remember that, uh, my breakfast has been pretty much the same exact thing. Uh, four to five eggs. I eat it like an, I make an omelet uh, with cheese and sausage in it on toast. Uh, Honeycrisp apple because that's the only apple worth eating. And sometimes an orange. It's a healthy a simple breakfast you know it takes me 10 minutes to make and usually it takes me longer to eat but that's kind of why I just enjoy my morning ritual like that but it's a healthy simple breakfast it starts me off on the right foot and I feel like it's a very good general recommendation for a lot of people and so if you were to ask me like which meal you should sub out for this healthier one I would tell you breakfast for the same reasons and why uh, it worked for me but obviously you can try this with any meal and this approach or advice that I'd give would be for someone whom seems like they want to change their nutrition, like they realize that their diet is pretty shitty and they're aware that their nutrition could help improve their lifestyle, but they're not truly bought into making like a dramatic or a tremendous change to their, to their nutrition and therefore their lifestyle. On the flip side, if someone is seriously trying to make a change, Dude, I eat that up. <laughs> I, I love to help these people. And in my eyes, if they're determined to make a change, then they're more willing to put in the work necessary to make a change. And to do that, I believe the best way to evaluate your nutrition and see where you stand is to track your macros. I have entire episodes on what macros are and that whole spiel, how to break them up. Uh, episode 36, which is called Calorie Counting 101, is a great one on how to, how to get started. Uh, but for today, understand, or, or maybe that you know, your macros are proteins, fats, and carbs. So one gram of protein equals four calories. One gram of, of carbs equal four calories. One gram of fats equals nine calories. And if you look on the back of any nutrition label, and this is part of this process, I'm almost pretending I'm talking to someone right now uh, who's interested in their nutrition. Uh, take the back of a, any nutrition label, and you can see the total calories for per serving size, and then it'll tell you how many of those calories are proteins, fats, and carbs. And you know, if you take the total number of protein, times it by four, take the total number of grams of carbs, times it by four, and the same thing with the fats, and add those three numbers up, it should be just about what that total calorie number is at the top. And so, tracking your macros uh, and, and through apps like MyFitnessPal, which is what I use, or Fat Secret, or I know there's other ones out there, <clears throat> the, the, the goal is to hit a certain amount of protein, fat, and carbs. That certain amount is the hard part to figure out. I mean, that's honestly what we spend the most time trying to determine for each other. Uh, and, and it takes a lot of time. That's kind of why. Uh, I talk about this in a lot of other older nutrition podcasts, so I do highly encourage you, if you want to hear me go into more depth about it, to click back on those but so I'm basically skimming the surface with this just to kind of get to my main point uh, but basically 
there's some general rules that you can follow when determining your macros. Uh, there's one like around 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight in grams of protein. So, for example, I weigh 210 pounds. I try to consume around 190 to 210 grams of protein each day. Uh, there's research out there saying that you don't even need 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. However, I feel personally that when I hit around 1 gram per pound of body weight, that my body seems to respond a little bit better to it. I can't exactly explain to you what's happening in that situation, but I feel like that's the number for me. So I try to consume around that amount. Um, and, and if I'm keeping the math simple, let's just say I aim for 200 grams of protein a day. Well, 200 grams times 4 equals 800 calories of protein each day. And this is also why I don't recommend this route of tracking to someone unless they, unless I feel like they really want to commit because it's a lot. And if you need to learn more about that, like I said, listen to episode 36 and there's a few more just kind of sift through because today we're actually going to dive into it a little bit deeper and on another level that I believe needs to be talked about a little bit more. So when it comes to calorie counting or tracking your macros, people have very differing opinions on if the quality of the food matters. And that's where the title of this podcast today comes into play. IIFYM, you've probably heard of it, stands for If It Fits Your Macros. And the idea here is that it doesn't matter what you eat as long as it fits your macros. Now, taking this concept to the extreme, this means that if you have 300 grams of carbs for the day, you can allot all of your carbs for the day to double-stuffed Oreos if you want. Uh, to the serious IIFYMers, I don't even know if that's how I would say that, th this isn't any different than 300 grams of high-quality carbs, you know, mixed with fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, uh, nuts, you know, that whole shebang. But like I said, that, that would be more or less taking it to the extreme. Uh, but some people do take it that far. You know, Some people will say, hey, I'm going to eat half of my carbs allotted for the day in junk food. You know, To each its own. Uh, something more realistic that you would see of someone that would be an, you know, an if-it-fits-your-macros type of person is like 250 grams of carbs throughout the day purposely saving their last 50 grams for however many double stuffed Oreos they could fit in <laughs> because the idea is like hey you know you did re really well for the entire day and they're craving some Oreos and they want to eat them and they realize that they have if they eat 50 grams less of carbs for the day then they could fit in some double stuffed Oreos on the other hand you know you have more of a clean eating approach and this could be used via tracking calories or not. Uh, a clean eater that tracks their macros, they could want 300, their 300 grams of carbs for the day to be as clean as possible. Uh, some people, on the other hand, don't care about being super specific about their nutrition and care more about just clean eating in general. So they're not trying to hit a specific number. They just want to eat clean. They want to eat healthy without having to do all the tracking stuff. And to be honest, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. Truly, it just depends on your goals and what you're trying to get out of your nutrition. Now, 
my only problem personally with the the pure non-tracking clean eating approach is that I find a lot of times typically it's women they just don't eat enough food at all so all the food they eat in a day may be clean fruits vegetables lean proteins it's all high quality stuff but if it's only 800 calories in a day that's not going to cut it for just about anyone so this is where I find tracking to be so valuable and why I almost always suggest that to anyone because of how much you can learn by seeing what you eat for like an entire day and or an entire week and then be able to basically journal how your body responds to X amount of carbs or calories in total versus, you know, from when you're tracking it, you can basically measure that throughout the week and be able to relate it to, man, my body seems to respond well to when I eat lower carbs or eat more carbs or less fat or more fat or more protein, less protein, whatever the case may be. Um, and that's why I recommend, that's why I'm a huge fan of tracking. So, you know, as the listener, where do you think I'm going with this? Well, you know, my answer is going to be somewhere in the middle, <laughs> per usual, uh, and that's right where I lie. You know, what if we track our calories because of the importance of eating enough food, and if we're consuming 300 grams of carbs, why don't we aim to try to keep as much of it clean as we possibly can? So the 80% rule is something that always just uh, comes to my mind. I adopted it a few years ago. Uh, and I feel like I heard it from uh, Jason Ackerman, who honestly, I love double stuffed Oreos. But if you guys notice throughout like all of these podcasts, I almost always reference my junk food as double stuffed Oreos. I do love them and there is a reason. But Jason, I remember him always using Oreos as his example too. Uh, but he was my CrossFit coach back at uh, North Naples CrossFit, and he's uh, huge into – he has a podcast called Best Hour of Their Day. I think it's a great podcast. You guys should go listen to it. He uh, also is like one of the judges for the CrossFit Games. He's got his level four, which is the highest level of certification. He's a fantastic coach, a great guy. Uh, but this is who I heard this rule from, the 80% rule. And it's basically have your aim to eat 80% clean with your macros throughout the day and then that other 20% being whatever you want, but you know only if you want. So it's not to say that you obviously have to do the 80-20 rule. Uh, me personally, you know, if I'm eating 300 grams of carbs a day, I'm going to try to eat 300 grams clean. And, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I, it doesn't bother me one way or the other, especially knowing that I ate most of my food uh, most of the food that I ate was clean. To me, that is very, that's good. I, I like that. That makes me happy. That makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing for my body. Um, and my body seems to respond well to even that alone. So that's, that's, I'm content with that. So, so with this approach, this 80% approach, we're still doing, if it fits your macros, just 80% of it is clean. Um, we're eating enough food for one, for two, we're eating quality food 80% of the time, you know, and three, all we're doing all of this while we're not restricting ourselves to <clears throat> a very strict diet. And 
some of you may just say, well, 80%, you're so close to 100, why not just make it 100% clean? And, and like I said, you can. I sometimes try to myself. But it's incredibly important to know that it's okay to not be. I mean, I cannot emphasize that enough. Because thinking that you have to be 100% perfect, especially with your nutrition, is going to drive you crazy for one. Uh, but two, it could seriously create some sort of an eating disorder. Uh, telling yourself it's okay, okay to eat not healthy food is completely okay. I'm a huge fan of just tracking calories in general because it's as, as, as exact as we can get. And I'm going to try to do this on the spot. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, I, I'm going to butcher the exact quote, but I'm going to try it. It was, we cannot manage what we cannot measure. I'm pretty sure that's right. So the, basically the idea behind that quote is, hey, if you don't have a way of measuring something, then how do you know how to appropriately manage it? So if you know your total amount of calories for the day, then you know how to manage that number based off of your energy levels, based off of your uh, activity for the day, so forth. But if you're just more eating intuitively, which is there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't know what right is because you just listen to your body but you're telling yourself 800 calories is okay then you're not measuring it so you're not appropriately met managing it managing your basically restriction with your diet so there's other modalities uh that are eating out there like like i just said intuitive eating uh which honestly is the ultimate goal and honestly what i do more of nowadays but the only reason why i can eat so intuitively now is because of my years spent tracking my calories and even then i have to revisit tracking my macros for a bit just to see how much i've naturally drifted away from what i thought i was eating versus what i was actually eating um so for example you know hitting my 200 grams of protein a day uh, I had this feeling for the past, like this, this only happened just a few months ago. I had this feeling that I was hitting my protein, uh, because honestly, the way I kind of approach my nutrition now is if I hit my protein, I'm not too concerned about my carbs and fats. As long as I feel like I'm consuming enough, I'm pretty active throughout the day. Uh, I'm not trying to lose weight. I care more about performance. So if I'm eating enough or maybe a little bit more than enough, uh, that's going to satisfy those requirements for what I'm trying to do. Um, but I was basically tracking and or not tracking and thinking I was consuming 200 grams of protein. And when I came down to I just one day I was like, you know what, let me just try to get back on it and just re uh, measure everything and track my macros again. And I was like 60 grams of protein off. It's just it's it's good to go back and to, to revisit it over, you know, every once in a while. And. I wasn't addicted to tracking. I think it's important to understand that. There is a lot of talk out there about how tracking calories is just as much of an eating disorder order as anorexia or bulimia or other eating disorders that are out there. You know, can tracking calories, tracking your macros, macros 
be taken to the extreme. Absolutely. But can't everything be taken to the extreme in one way or another? But this is, in my opinion, the most dialed in we can get to measure how your body responds to X uh, amount of food, aka the energy coming in, versus when you burn X, the amount of calories, uh, throughout the day. Now, we can't exactly predict how much energy you burn in a day uh, because there's a million different ways to do that. Uh, there's a million different factors that play a role into that. Uh, you know, obviously, smartwatches, they give you a number, they give you an estimate. I use that estimate and I also couple that with based off of how I feel to determine basically if I think I need to consume more food or less food for the day. Uh, but that has taken me years and years and years to get to that level and I'm still consistently, uh, constantly fine-tuning that and it takes a long time to do that. But with all of the materials and the smartwatches and uh, just information we can gather on the body nowadays, we can get pretty, I'd say pretty specific uh, with how many calories or energy uh, that you take in every single day, hence tracking your macros. So just to sum up today, do I recommend tracking to everyone? No, I do not. Everyone is at different levels within their journey. Uh, I prefer to recommend tracking to someone who is looking to take a serious new take or new approach on their nutrition. I think that it takes a lot of hard work and effort to manage your calories, to see how many you're consuming, to seeing the serving sizes of the food, to be able to then with your data that you initially present over let's say a week that's usually what i recommend to people is track your calories for a week and then let's look at your macros and i'll kind of explain to you what you're lacking uh, what you're doing great in and that's one hard part in itself is just the initial week of tracking but that's why i don't suggest it just to anyone and then from there adjusting those numbers to something that's going to be more beneficial for you. And then from there is basically getting your feedback over a period of time, assuming that you're hitting your macros, assuming that you're trying to keep them clean and adjusting them, tweaking it here and there based off of how you feel, based off of your energy expenditure for the day, different little things like that with the ultimate goal of not having to track. Uh, so it's a long process. I mean, realistically, it's a year plus. And this is totally a side tangent, but this is why approaches like this are not as common or is not as popular as they should be. Because in my opinion, this is the best way to accurately determine what your body needs. I mean, we are basically plotting data points of how much food you're eating versus how you feel versus your energy expenditure. But it's not the sexy way to do it. It's It takes a long time to do it. It takes months and years to get this down pat. All while right down the road uh, or right on another Instagram profile or podcast, you can look up some crazy way to shed 30 pounds in 30 days. Um, and that's a lot more sexy and a lot more appealing. However, I think that 
and even just kind of the more I just go about life um, and see this, I, I feel like more people are starting to realize that, you know, the quick and the easy fixes are just, they, there's a reason why they're quick and easy because they're not long-term and half the time they don't work. Uh, but putting in the hard work and the effort uh, is much more rewarding. It just takes a long time to see that. So next week is uh, episode 99. Uh, that's kind of crazy. Uh, 100, I got some uh, big news to tell you guys. So that's going to be exciting. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends and family. Share us on Instagram. I know I don't post there as much. Super busy just with school and life, but it is what it is. At least I'm getting on the mic for a little bit. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I will catch you all next week.